Welcome to Book Delight with Chrissy Wright, the podcast where readers can be all kinds of ways and books really are magic. I'm your host, Chrissy Wright. I'm an elementary teacher librarian in the Pacific Northwest. On this show, I aim to connect you and the kids in your life to more books you love. If the idea of blowing up your kidlit TBR appeals to you, you're in the right place. This week, I'm sharing a Help My Kid Needs a Book episode all about funny books. Today's episode is inspired by one of my favorite weekly rituals in the library. I have this one student, he is currently a second grader, but ever since I've known him, every week when he comes to see me, he says, Miss Wright, can we go on a funny book hunt? We cruise the shelves and I give speed book talks of picture books I think would appeal to him and his sense of humor until we find just the right stack. So today's episode is our own funny book hunt of sorts. When I put out a call for recommendation requests for your kids who need something funny, the requests came pouring in like so many. This confirms something that we already knew. Kids love funny, but we also have a common problem. Our funny readers tend to tear through the popular picks and really need some fresh material. Because I received so many requests, I cannot address them all. So today I'm responding to four listener requests. I picked some that were the most common or that that kind of covered overlap between several of the questions I received and also a couple that were just unique or really fun to put a list together for. So let's kick things off with a listener request for funny read-alouds for library story time. For this request, I'm going to start off with a few better-known, more recent releases that are just cannot-fail, tried-and-true, funny crowd-pleasers, Then I'll share some deeper cuts, hoping to help you discover some funny picture books to read aloud that you might not already know about. So let's start out with some of these surefire winners. First up, you do not want to miss Shay Bob by Bob Shay. Look, the punny in-your-face humor in this one is clear from the title and author combination alone. In this story, Bob is a hungry alligator determined to find a way to eat the neighborhood birds. He hatches a plan to lure them to a bird seed restaurant conveniently located on his nose. Readers here are captivated by the combination of terror, will the birds be okay, and this cannot look away anticipation, but will they actually get eaten? Get a really good Bob voice ready for this one. Mine was oddly reminiscent of Alec Baldwin on 30 Rock. Can't explain it, but it was awesome. Um, And you will just have such a good time with this one. That was Shea Bob by Bob Shea. Be sure to read Llama Destroys the World by husband and wife team Jonathan Stutzman and Heather Fox. This is the first in a so far three-book series. Book two is Llama Unleashes the 
alpaca lips. And book three is Llama Rocks the Cradle of Chaos. So in book one, Llama loves to dance. Unfortunately, his dancing pants are a bit too tight, and when he busts a move and his pants rip, the force of the rip also creates a black hole, because of course it does. You get to read to find out what happens when everything Llama loves, and indeed Earth itself, is whooshed into the black hole. I did a Jonathan Stutzman author study with my kinders and first graders last school year, and this book remains one of the most requested picture books in my library. That was Llama Destroys the World by Jonathan Stutzman. Okay, the third book you might already know, but I don't want you to miss if you haven't read it yet, is Fluffy McWhiskers Cuteness Explosion by Stephen W. Martin. I have recommended this one previously, so I will keep it brief, but in short, Fluffy McWhiskers is so powerfully cute that his cuteness causes anyone who lays eyes on him to spontaneously combust. This means that almost every character in the book explodes, but the magic trick of this book is that while the plot is almost total annihilation, the destroyer is so stinking cute that it seems fun and hilarious and not totally terrifying. Plus, kids get to yell kaboom over and over when you read it, which is a good time. This one won our State Reader's Choice Picture Book Award last year and is another most requested book in my library. That was Fluffy McWhiskers' Cuteness Explosion by Stephen W. Martin. Okay, now we're going to dive into the backlist a little bit. The next few picks I have for you are older releases, and I'm going to go in reverse chronological order, so working our way back in time. Okay, the first backlist funny read aloud I want to tell you about is Are You a Cheeseburger by Monica Arnaldo, published in 2021. The art in this one brings a little bit of a creepy pair of underwear vibe. It's got a black background with lots of grayscale and neutrals, then these pops of electric green. This stylistic choice is to good effect because I think your creepy underwear fans will be right at home with the humor in this one. In this book, a cute but clueless raccoon named Grub discovers a seed and decides that this seed must in fact grow cheeseburgers. Read to follow Grub's anticipation of that juicy burger and then cheer him on when he discovers something else altogether. This one plays on kind of the silly and sweet end of the funny scale and would do especially well with your primary classes. That was Are You a Cheeseburger by Monica Arnaldo. The next backlist funny gem I have for you is Kitties on Dinosaurs by Michael Slack released in 2020. The narrative tone of this one is similar to Dragons Don't Eat Tacos. Here, a calm narrator warns kittens, who love to climb everything, that climbing the dinosaurs on Dinosaur Island is actually a really bad idea. 
Of course, in good picture book fashion, the kitties set out to do just that. Here we've got parachuting kittens, big goofy dinosaurs, and possible catastrophe. Kids love it. That was Kitties on Dinosaurs by Michael Slack. The last backlist funny gem for you today is great. Now we've got Barbarians by Jason Carter Eaton, illustrated by Mark Fearing, published in 2017. Look, grown-ups are always nagging kids to clean their rooms, right? You might attract ants, blah, blah, blah. Well, in this case, the messy room goes a bit too far, and instead of attracting ants, it lures an invasion of barbarians, big Viking-like dudes who wreak total havoc. Read to find out whether the obstinate kid ends up cleaning their room and be sure to hang around for a really fun twist of an ending. For some reason, the art in this one gives me a little bit of a far side vibe. So if you have kids who you think would really jive with that comedic sensibility, this is a great pick. That was great. Now we've got Barbarians by Jason Carter Eaton. The next listener request today was um, a listener who is looking for funny books about poop or the human body. So we're going with poop and butt humor here. The first book I want to put into the hands of this reader is Butts Are Everywhere by Jonathan Stutzman, illustrated by Heather Fox. Yes, this is the same author-illustrator team as Llama Destroys the World, which you heard me talk about just a moment ago. This one reads as kind of a playful, all-about book. We've got some gentle scientific content like the motor functions that the gluteus maximus muscle enables, but mostly come for the funny title and stay for the absurd and delicious range of synonyms for butt that are delivered throughout the book. For real, if your class is rolling on the ground with boredom at some of the all about mentor texts on offer and you are up for the chaotic energy of butt humor... Boss this one out during your next writing lesson. I promise your class's engagement will skyrocket. That was Butts Are Everywhere by Jonathan Stutzman and Heather Fox. The next butt book I want to recommend for this reader is Does a Bulldozer Have a Butt? by Derek Wilder, illustrated by K. Phi Steele. This one is for your kid who just wants the audacity of saying the word butt as many times as possible. Does a scarecrow have a butt? Does a crayon have a butt? Join a kid and his dad on their rambling stroll across the city, musing on all the funny butts the world has to offer. K-Fi Steel's cartooning style here is really just like big-eyed and goofy, and it adds to the levity of the whole package here. That was Does a Bulldozer Have a Butt by Derek Wilder. The next butt book I want to put into the hands of this reader is Butt or Face by Carrie Lavelle with volume two releasing in April. 
I have talked about this one on the show before because it was one of my favorite nonfiction books of 2023, but I wanted to flag it for you here because it is absolute perfection for this reader and because book two is coming so soon. You can listen to my full review on this one in episode 24, but the short version is that this book offers a close-up photograph of an animal, and kids have to guess whether it's part of an animal's butt or face. They turn the page for the reveal, and then on that page, learn some cool facts about the featured animal. As an adult reader, I got some of these wrong. And kid readers just howl at the absurdity of the whole situation. That was Butt or Face by Carrie Lavelle. Okay, the perfect flight pick to pair with Butt or Face is Does It Fart? by Nick Caruso and Danny Rabiotti, illustrated by Alex Griffiths. This book is the actual perfect combination with Butt or Face. Each page in this book presents an animal and asks the question, does it fart? Does a chimpanzee fart? A spider? An octopus? What about a dinosaur or a unicorn? Kids turn the page for the reveal, learn some biology and anatomy of the featured animal, as well as other fun facts along the way. The narrative voice is kind of just fun and bouncy, so kids are getting a lot of facts without feeling like it. That was Does It Fart by Nick Caruso and Danny Rabiotti. The next listener request I'm going to respond to is kind of a mashup. I got several requests for funny books for kids in the five to eight-year-old age range several specifically mentioning a six-year-old, and one specifically looking for books for fans of Smell My Foot. Let's start there. If your six-year-old or thereabouts has not yet enjoyed Smell My Foot and its follow-up egg or eyeball, both by Cece Bell, this is a great place to start. These books are a play on good manners gone wrong. Chick is proper and a little bossy. Brain is not. You get to read to follow Chick's quest to teach Brain to be polite. Kind of a doomed endeavor given the title. This is a romp of misunderstandings and miscommunication and kids will just giggle along with all the things that the characters are getting wrong. That was Smell My Foot by Cece Bell. I generally would want to steer this reader towards more short and accessible comics. So with that in mind, let's start with the Pizza and Taco series by Stephen Shaskin. In the series opener, we meet Pizza and Taco. They are two best friends with lots of toppings, but only one can be the best. Follow Pizza and Taco's misguided quest to find out who is the best. In this series, come for the food appeal and stay for the sweet and silly friendship adventures. This one is impossible to keep on the shelf in my library. It is quickly becoming one of the most popular series in my funny graphics. That was Pizza and Taco by Stephen Shaskin. Another short graphic series to steer this reader towards is 
the Tater Tales series by Ben Clanton. The first book in the series is The Greatest in the World, and book two, The King of the World, is coming out in April. You might know author Ben Clanton for his best-selling Narwhal and Jelly series, but do not miss this, his latest series. It is a mixed format, short chapter, and graphic kind of mashup featuring a mutant potato named Rot. The plot here is going to sound a little similar to the pizza and taco story I just described, but the art and the characters make it totally distinct. In this book, Rot the Potato launches an epic contest to determine who is the greatest in the world. There is also a fun underdog dynamic here because the judge of said epic contest is his cute little sister named Tot. The tone of this one is a little bit more raucous than Pizza and Taco, but I think that fans of one will also just gobble up the other. That was the Tater Tales series by Ben Clanton. So like any good librarian, I cannot resist the urge to blast you with a bunch of other options. I don't have the time to talk about all of them in depth here, but I can't resist running you through a handful of additional titles in case you want to really just load up your library hold list. So here are five more. Gnome and Rat by Lauren Stoller, Reggie, Kid Penguin by Jen Oliveiro, The Hunger Heroes by Jarrett Lerner, Rover and Speck by Jonathan Roth, and Waffles and Pancake by Drew Brockington. Fear not, all of these are going in the show notes, so if you're driving or cooking or laundry folding while you listen, you can always refer back to the list later. The next listener request that we're going to discuss today is for funny books for a seven-year-old who is gifted. So something that is funny in a more complex way without losing the, quote, kiddishness. This was a really fun one to puzzle over, and I really enjoy the list that I came up with. I hope your reader does too. So the first book I want to recommend for this reader is Auto by John Aggie. This is one of my favorite graphics to hand sell in my library to the funny graphic fanatic who thinks they have read everything. The subtitle of this one makes me swoon. It's a palindrama. Yes, a drama told entirely in palindromes. Every sentence, the whole book long, is a palindrome. Yes, it has a spurious plot about a lost dog, but we are really in it for the word nerd factor. I think your gifted seven-year-old would have so much fun scrutinizing the palindromes and then set off on a quest to write their own. That was Otto, a palindrama by John Aggie. Another graphic novel I want to recommend for this reader is K is in Trouble by Gary Clement. This book is like Kafka meets Matilda, but make it a graphic novel. It brilliantly draws on the feeling so many kids have of being trapped in a world run by power-hungry grown-ups who are, in fact, wildly inconsistent. 
there's some honesty here. We are, right? Your seven-year-old could dive deep into kind of the philosophy of this one while also remaining really rooted in the POV of a kid who knows more than those grown-ups. That was K is in Trouble by Gary Clement. The next book I am so excited to recommend for this reader is Last Laughs, Animal Epitaphs by J. Patrick Lewis and Jane Yolen, illustrated by Jeffrey Stewart Timmons. So each poem in this collection is a dark and satirical epitaph for one animal and how it died. The tone here is just boldly macabre, and it is stacked sky high with clever wordplay. Yes, trigger warning here for all the animal death, like so much animal death. But if that is something your reader can hang with, this is such a weird good time. I personally love this book, and I love the loudmouthed enthusiasm it garners when it gets into the hands of just the right reader. That was Last Laughs by J. Patrick Lewis and Jane Yolen. My last recommendation for this reader is The Book That No One Wanted to Read by Richard Ayoade. This one might sound familiar because I featured it as one of my favorite middle grade books of 2023 back in episode 23. You can listen to my full review there, but your gifted seven-year-old will have so much fun here because the story is in second person, making the reader an active character in the storytelling The sense of humor in this one is elevated, and I think your reader will be able to hang with some of the jokes that might slide by some other readers. It is also highly illustrated, so your reader will have fun unpacking the visual humor that accompanies the text. That was The Book That No One Wanted to Read by Richard Ayoade. I also can't resist the urge to throw a perennial favorite into the lineup here. I do not want this reader to miss The First Cat in Space Ate Pizza and The First Cat in Space and the Soup of Doom by Mac Barnett and Sean Harris. These books are just an epic good time, right? And while on the surface they are slapstick and absurd, they actually have some more complex literary devices at play. I think this is part of why so many grown-ups have taken to these books right alongside their kid readers and why I think your reader will have so much to dig into here. It's got story elements like that pink bunny in book two, um, where there's this element of unreliability and limited aperture on laws as storyteller. I think it could just be so much fun for your reader. That was the first Cat in Space series by Mac Barnett and Sean Harris. So readers, that concludes today's Help My Kid Needs a Book episode. Be sure to come back next week for a Reading Raves episode where I will be recapping my favorite kidlet that I read during the month of February. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and share the show. 
with your kid-lit-loving friends. If you want more book delight in your life from me, Chrissy, the best place to connect with me personally is on Instagram at librarychrissy. You can also follow the show at Book Delight Pod, and be sure to subscribe to my free monthly kidlit newsletter by visiting librarychrissy.substack.com. If you want more book talk from me between episodes, you can get a weekly Friday treat in your inbox from me by becoming a paid subscriber over on Substack. For $7 a month, you are helping to pay the costs of producing the show, which are a real thing, and you also get resources from me like extra book lists, roundups of books that have received starred reviews each month. The next starred review rundown is actually coming out this Friday. You get bonus reading raves and more. This week, I'm reading The Rack Pack by Stephanie Cook and Whitney Gardner. Today, I want to leave you with a quote from a grown-up novelist who I'd argue also knows a thing or two about what we need from Kidlet. Author Sheila Hetty says, quote, The best humor is in the places that it's not supposed to be. This week, I'm wishing you a sense of humor in the most unexpected of places, both on the page and in life. As always, thank you for listening and happy reading.